Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. Today, I'll be responding to the mother of a five-month-old who has made bonding with her baby her priority since uh, the baby was born. And now she would like to encourage her to have independent play. But she says her daughter screams when she's not being held or worn on this mom's back. Okay, here's the email I received. Hi, Janet. I want to begin by thanking you so much for your work. Before I became a parent, I had heard of peaceful parenting, but I had no blueprint for applying my desire to be one. Since finding your information about a month ago, I feel I've begun to put together that blueprint. I have a question that I hope could be addressed through the podcast if you feel others might benefit from it. My daughter is five months old, and she has been incredibly alert from the very beginning. As a student midwife, I know the importance of bonding with my baby, and I have made that the top priority since she was born. We spent the first three weeks snuggling skin to skin in bed, and as I regained my strength and sense of normalcy, I began wearing her around the house while I did everyday chores. We have spent our days as lazily as possible, and I feel this is the best way for her to learn about the world. Now comes the issue. I have been doing my best to implement ride methods whenever possible. For the past month, I have, rather unsuccessfully, been working to give my daughter time to play on her own. The issue is that she absolutely hates it when I attempt this. No matter how gently I put her down, no matter if I sit right beside her the entire time, she is almost always unhappy and screams in disdain if she's not being held or worn on my back. This has gotten exhausting. My husband and I have spent the last months as entertainers constantly bouncing, holding, and playing with her. I feel like I'm always treading water. The house is messier than I want. Dinner is difficult to prepare, etc. Whenever I do notice her playing, usually when she first wakes and during diaper changes, I am very careful not to interrupt. But I am unsure of how to encourage this type of activity for longer periods. I do not want to force her, as I know that is of no help, but I'm feeling like progress has not been made. My back would adore a break from carrying her everywhere, and more importantly, I want her to be the happiest, most confident baby she can be. I would be so grateful for feedback in this matter. As I said before, thank you for the work you're doing. Okay, so there's a few things going on here. One, I would say that the Rye approach has a different view of bonding than other approaches. Other approaches will tell you that the most important aspect is to keep your baby on you, keep your baby touching you, have that physical connection. And it sounds like that's the path this parent agrees with and was taking, which is, of course, fine. You know, we get to make these choices as parents. But the approach that Rye offers is different in that our focus is making a mind connection with our baby, having a relationship from the beginning with this baby as a person who can connect with us mind to mind, heart to heart, that touch is a very important part of that, but that that is not the focus. The focus is acceptance of our baby as a whole person that can have experiences, that can connect with us through looking into each other's eyes, you know, feeling the respect in our communication, treating our newborn infant as an honored guest. That was what Magda Gerber suggested. These are honored guests. So the approach of wearing the baby as the best way to introduce the baby to the world in the beginning leads in a bit of a different direction than what Rye suggests, which is talking to your baby, 
telling your baby what you're going to be doing to his or her body before you pick the baby up, saying, I see you, I'm going to pick you up now, inviting that baby to participate actively in their life rather than being that sweet passenger in the carrier to our activities. So we believe that newborn infants can actually begin to make choices and have ideas about what they should be doing. This is besides, of course, when they have needs like hunger and sleep that we need to help them with. This is the time in between those times, you know, which of course, that's only a few minutes with a newborn baby. They sleep a lot. But it's this little bit of time where we are noticing where is my baby looking? <laughs> what is my baby interested in doing? And encouraging that time where we are offering our full presence, not necessarily touching our baby at that moment, or maybe we are, but we are not moving the baby around with us. What happens with infants is that they are learning from the moment they're born what life is like for them. So if we teach them that what they should be doing most of the day, like a, a good activity for them, is to be carried on our body, and that has a lulling effect, the movement, you know, as we all know, that keeps us in kind of a little bit of a drowsy state, a little less alert. And of course, babies are already in this when they're born. They're in that drowsy state. It encourages that when we also carry them around a lot, give them that motion. So if from the beginning, we give them this other kind of time where they are essentially running the show, they're directing what their activity, and I'm saying that with quote marks, you can't see me, but I'm making quote marks activity because it doesn't look very active. It's just allowing them to think, allowing them to be, allowing them to look around in a stable place, not in motion, and figure out, <laughs> what am I doing here? and have that, that peace of just the stillness so that they are able to feel more active in choices and in their engagement with life. So again, this is not to criticize at all or judge carrying or wearing the baby around. It's just recognizing that this way is a little different. So in trying to transition from physical closeness and carrying and motion to independent play, it's not going to be smooth. I mean, for some babies it is. They're just naturally kind of grateful. Yay, I'm stopped, I'm here. I get to decide what I'm doing while on my back. I get to move my limbs freely. I get to see if I wanna put my thumb in my mouth or examine my hands, which they spend a lot of time doing in the beginning. Their hands are their first toy. And it takes a lot of time just to figure out how these complicated, miraculous things work. So there are babies that adapt to that quite readily and, you know, seem thrilled to have that opportunity. But there are a lot of others, you know, they get used to the motion and the carrying and the kind of being um, held in, you know, not having their limbs moving around. And that's what they feel like should continue if that's what they know. So it sounds like that's where this mother is. She's at that point where her baby has gotten used to a certain way and really likes that way and is down for continuing that. And her mother is getting physically exhausted and wants there to be this other way where the baby is more in control. So to do that, 
and it's, it's always possible to make changes. So I did not at all mean to imply that we're stuck with a certain way and we can't transition out of it. But I just felt it was important to acknowledge that this is different. So it's not going to be a smooth transition for some children. So what I would do is when the baby's other needs have been met, and you know that she's not tired and she's not hungry, then you let her know, now I'm going to lie you down here on this blanket or in this bassinet. And you do it very slowly. I have a video on my website of me doing this with a doll. It's kind of a silly video, but I'm able to demonstrate how we uh, sort of extend our hands apart as we're lying the baby down so that it's very smooth and comfortable. And again, communication is the key. We're not trying to, you know, sneak the baby down and, oh, let's hope this works. I mean, I know that I would have done this if I hadn't uh, gone to these classes and learned about the Rye approach. I, I would have just, okay, let me see. Let's put her down. Let's see if I can make this work. It's all in partnership with our child, in communication with our child. So I'm going to lay you down now. And then we're sitting right there next to our baby. And let's say, as this parent describes, the baby says, no, I don't want to do this. So instead of panicking right there or thinking, ah, it's not going to work, and going to that place and then scooping the baby up maybe or you know, having that feeling of disappointment or concern or frustration, whatever it is, or I'm exhausted, I don't want to keep entertaining this baby, <laughs> like what's going on, not jumping to that really seeing crying as communication. And the communication is only very rarely, help, you know, I need to get up right now. It's usually more like, hey, <laughs> wait a second, you usually carry me around with you. What's going on here? You know, the world isn't moving around and I'm down, I'm flat on my back and this feels different. So being able to engage with your daughter in that conversation is the key. Not being threatened by it, not being concerned by it, not taking some action there because you feel like this is a, something, a fire you have to put out, but being willing to hear. I mean, babies do not have words yet. So this crying, you know, and I don't know if she's talking about full-on crying or, or just something that starts out, you know, Sometimes what happens is it starts out like that, and then we feel concerned about it or upset about it or uncomfortable with it, and we actually contribute to it escalating because our baby's thinking, wait, this feels different, and now my parent that I'm looking to to see what everything is, is feeling uncomfortable. So yikes, this is wrong. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, help. And then it does escalate to that. So those are all reasons why we have to take it back, take it down to a discussion with our child that we're not afraid of, that doesn't wind us up, that we really want to have. I mean, and this is such a wonderful setup for life with a child and communication. It starts in the beginning like this. So then we might say, wow, yes, this is different. <laughs> I mean, I would totally cop to. Yeah, we usually carry you around and this must feel really different to be just lying still. And then maybe there's more, uh, you know, of this crying or whining or something. And then we can say, wow, I wonder, you know, what's going on with you? One thing you can do is lie down next to your baby. And that might help you to feel more relaxed in accepting this conversation, accepting this as a conversation. 
and not as an emergency or a problem to fix. Say you're lying down with your baby on the floor and the baby's still saying stuff. And then I would put your hand on her arm or, you know, maybe on her head very gently on the top of her head. And wow, I'm here. I hear, you know, I'm with you on this. This is different for both of us. Yeah. From a place of calm, from, you know, I can't really stress enough how important it is when our child is crying. The number one thing is for us to not be contributing to it. And that means being calm, being open, being confident, not jumping to a decision that there's something wrong here that we need to fix. Really calming that part of ourselves that, that gets set off by our baby crying. You know, it's, it's a biological thing, you know, so it is hard. That's our challenge. And then we continue in this conversation and maybe we check, how's your tummy feeling? And maybe then you, you might even say, I'm, I think I'm going to lightly massage your tummy and see maybe you've got a bubble in there. So you could try that. And then there may be a point where your baby doesn't calm down and maybe even escalates. And then I would say, wow, you know, it seems like this is really hard for you right now. So do you need me to pick you up? Ask that as a question, because this is, again, just part of communication, part of being more precise in our understanding what our baby is actually saying with cries, rather than sort of lumping them all into like, she needs to be picked up, or she needs to be fed, or, or something like that. Asking our baby, and, and you'll see that if you do this, your baby will respond, and you'll, you'll know for sure she can communicate with me. She is understanding. So you put your hands out. You know, I would be sitting up then if you were lying down and I'd say, do you need me to pick you up? And really giving it that moment so the coin has time to drop. Looking in your baby's eyes, asking this question, and then gauging from the response that you get whether you should pick her up. And if you feel like the response is a yes, you could even say, you know, you're still crying. So I think that's a yes. I'm going to pick you up. And then slowly, gently, respectfully, as I show in this video that I'm talking about, which I believe is called picking a baby up the right way, then you pick your baby up. And I would stay sitting there on the floor. So it doesn't become, I swoop you up into the air to rescue you. You know, it's just, I feel like you maybe need to be picked up. And then I would hold her horizontally in your arms, you know, maybe if she won't lay like that because she's used to being held upright, then you could, you know, hold her on a bit of an incline, but as horizontally as possible, stay sitting and, and let her tell you that <laughs> she doesn't like this, this is different, and why am I changing things up on her, and let her say those things. There's nothing wrong with her crying with you right there with her. There's nothing unsafe about this. There's no cause for alarm. This is your daughter sharing with you. And she's got a right, you know? She just wants to do what she's used to. Who can blame her? So this is gold, these moments, actually. If we can approach them with openness and fearlessness and really connect. And that will be the way that this becomes more and more possible for her to be there. Your willingness to not overreact, your commitment to engaging in a conversation with her about the details of what's going on and not making assumptions and not acting out of a fearful place. And what children soon learn is that this feels much more connected and like bonding than being on my parents' back. 
you know, they're not bonding when they're, they're looking at the back of our head <laughs> while we do things. This is real. This is really having a connection, really being in a relationship. Your baby will see the difference, and I think that you will too. And then you can stop doing what I was doing before I found out about this stuff. All the entertaining and the spending all your energy kind of keeping her passive rather than inviting her to participate in a relationship with you and with her life, with her world. So this isn't a fragile, delicate thing that we have to, ah, yikes, let me put her down and hope she doesn't say anything about it. There's nothing fragile about it. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a process of honesty and communication. So I hope that helps, and I thank this parent for all her kind words and wish her joy in this interesting journey she's going to have with her child. Please check out some of my other podcasts on my website, and both of my books you can get on audio if you like to listen rather than read. Um, sometimes we have more time for that as parents. They are at audible.com, Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting, and No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. You can also get them in paperback at Amazon and an ebook at Barnes and Noble, Apple.com, and Amazon. Also, I have an audio series. It's called Sessions, and these are individual recordings of my private consultations I've had with parents discussing their urgent issues. And these are available by going to my website, JanetLansbury.com, and clicking the button that says Sessions on the top toolbar. You can order episodes individually or get all three hours of audio for just under $20. Thanks for listening. We can do this. Mm-hmm.